Tonight on the Goblin's Corner, Joe Gaylord with Lazarus Game Labs. That's how we roll. 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 Welcome to the Goblin's Corner. My name is Eric. And I'm Matt. And tonight, we're interviewing Joe Gaylord with the Lazarus Game Labs. That's right. Joe Gaylord is a one-man publishing company machine. Having published about 25 adventures, three races, a subclass, was a contributor on Marvelous Archetypes and Tasha's Crucible of Everything Else. He has written on DMs Guild since 2018, and Gathering the Realms is the first project he is led on. In his real life, he's worked for the UN, lived in Europe for 10 years, went to Switzerland and Italy and all these other wonderful places that we've never been, and now manages a space in Bologna, Italy. Joe, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. How's it going? Not bad. I'm a little sleepy. It's uh, uh, 6 a.m. on my side, but I'm doing okay. So what you're saying is you're just waking up. I'm almost about to go to sleep and Matt being nocturnal is in his prime. Yeah, Right. Exactly. You and I are on opposite ends of the suffering spectrum. He's doing it. <laughs> um, you also get and the, I feel the light of seeing me maximum scruffy because uh, I haven't shaved yet. haven't showered yet. Just rolled out of bed, had a coffee. There you go. Sure. <laughs> but you did the important thing. You had a coffee. I did have a coffee. <laughs> yeah, that's always important. So Joe, Let's talk about your new project, Gathering the Realms, which is a Magic the Gathering, uh, I guess it would be, would it be crossover, I guess is the best way to describe that? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, uh, I'm not really sure. It, it, so it gets a little tricky in terms of IP. I can't really call it a crossover because it has to be like firmly rooted in D&D headspace. But it's um, just kind of bringing a lot of the the... the flavor and the style from magic gathering into definitely a supplement to your typical D D game yeah exactly and for for those of you who don't know it's using you know a way to use color and like you know the actual like magic the gathering land and the sorcerer types the you, planeswalkers yeah planeswalker and... stuff so it's a it's a lot it's a beefy what is it like 90 something pages long uh, 95 a lot of good stuff 95 pages of uh, really in-depth, interesting character archetypes, storylines. New spells, new feats. Yeah, lots of good stuff. Feats and and a whole kind of set of um, variant rule uh, options that kind of bring in some of the the mana use. uh, uh, Yeah. Um, Basically, the, the crooks of it came about because I saw that magic for those who don't follow both brands, because I understand, you know, there, there are D and D nerds and there's magic gathering nerds. I happen to be both, but magic gathering just released a new set in mid July. That is um, adventures in the forgotten realms. So that's taking D and D content and moving it over into magic gathering. And I just kind of assumed this was something wizards was going to do on their own. Um, and then realized in like May, like, no, that's not what they're going to do. They're just putting up this one-off D and D themed product, which will probably have some iterations because 
it no went gangbusters. So it's like hugely popular. They would be absolutely remiss if they didn't do an Ebron set as well. Exactly. Um, yeah. And and I know they they have they already had the Ravnica and Theros source books for magic uh for for D, and they're going to have a strixhaven one coming up which is kind of like the strixhaven one makes me really kind of sad because i'm like why isn't it innistrad or amonkhet or any of the like the established planes we've got to have the ones where they basically gave you 10 pages of here's a really cool world that you should play in and we're giving you nothing else and that you then can't expand on because according to the IP rules on DMs Guild, you cannot touch Amonkhet, you cannot touch Kaladesh, you cannot touch Ixilan. Um, none of those are available to write adventures for, to no, you can't, you can't do anything with the plane shift content. That leads me to think that perhaps those books are a future thought. Mm. No, that, that's that's pretty much the reason why basically any uh, you will see it in Gathering the Realms. Uh, it's all of the the serial numbers are very carefully filed off. <laughs> oh, yeah. There are no references to anything that is actually Magic Gathering. There is a Dragon Planeswalker CR 23 monster that is absolutely not in any way related to any kind of magic ip it is just a thought the planar tyrant is just an idea that we came up with it's a tyrant yes absolutely Uh, uh, if it ever decided to become a god or a pharaoh that's obviously the the dm the gm's choice that would be up to the dm absolutely so yeah so we definitely recommend you check out Joe's product because it's it's extensive. It's awesome. There's a lot of good flavor and storylines in it. And as someone who has also played both and enjoy both, it is a wonderful way to not officially do crossovers. Yes, absolutely. And and if I can add to it, it, it also um, as people that I know enjoy planes uh, planescape. Um, it also does a really nice job of pulling in some of the Planescape and um, Spelljammer stuff, right? Which also you can't touch, but it it does do a nice job of like um, letting you do not, not just straight MTG stuff, but you can kind of hop planes. You can do a lot of that you know, swapping from swapping from Forgotten Realms to Eberron to Ravnica. You can do all of that stuff without needing to get into all of the, you know, real MTG content. You can use some of those spells, uh, subclasses, some of the items to do those kinds of like planes hopping shenanigans without the whole, without everything uh, magic gathering in there. Sure. Absolutely. So, since we know for a fact that you're a Magic the Gathering player, mm-hmm. what is your preferred color or color combo to play with? Oh, boy. Um, I think 
it I can split this in two if you want. Yeah. Because what is your one to your preferred color combination to play with for fun versus a tournament strategically? Yeah. Yeah. And that, that actually, uh, so I, I can speak about what I do right now. I, I tend to play, uh, a bunch of black green decks at the moment. Though My man, I got a deck in the back. That's th- that's black and green. Though when I, I uh, when I'm approaching a new format, I tend to um, jump right into something that's that's a fast red deck. Um, one of the YouTubers, I think it's actually Jim Davis, who I mentioned before. Um, one of the YouTubers that I follow uh, talked about running at a new format with a sock full of quarters, um, which is always just like if if you're going to jump into a new format, if you just got to build a deck and try something, just fast little red things and burn burn things to the ground is always a good way to start <laughs> my my favorite deck was a green uh, not a green a uh, red and blue deck mm-hmm. where it's just nothing but counter spells and blast damage yeah it was it was the middle finger deck but yeah then, then when i'm doing something clever it tends to end up being blue or white because there's just so many like weird cards in those um I, I just was fiddling around with um, one of the new cards is Oswald Fiddlebender, who does all kinds of shenanigans with um, artifacts and kind of going through artifact chains. It doesn't actually do much of anything, but it's like every round I'm sacrificing an artifact, fetching a different one out of my deck and kind of cycling these things through until eventually I kind of accidentally win the game. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, so... I tend to end up in, in blue or white for like more fun, weird stuff. That's, that's for me, more entertaining to play. So sticking on the magic, the gathering universe, what kind of creatures would you love to see make official print for the universe? And, and have you considered maybe doing like a bestiary follow-up for your game? Yeah. So, um, bestiary follow-up. Absolutely. So, um, I want to clarify something because you said one man design studio. I didn't, the, the whole book is not just me. Um, I had a cool, I had a great team on this thing with me. They, uh, put together a lot of the monsters for this. Um, I was working on a lot of the mechanics side. Um, they, they did a lot more, or I, I actually worked on like the story building elements. Um, like if you see, um, in there, but, um, they, they did a lot of the monsters stuff and we talked about a bunch of really interesting monsters. May, may I recommend beholder sharks? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a running joke in our show. Sorry. <laughs> I think the one that I'd like to see that's like uniquely Magic the Gathering would probably be either Atogs or Lurgoifs as a standalone. Um, just like something with this idea that as things die around it, it gets stronger and stronger. Um, that would be really interesting. Uh, especially Atogs that have this idea that they like eat magic items, which is a mechanic that they really haven't played around with much in um, 5e. Uh, Though 
one that that would be really interesting. And we almost started to look at it and then realized that it was just going to be nightmarishly complicated. Um, slivers. I was about to say slivers just because the more slivers you have, the deadlier the slivers get. Yeah. For, for those who, who, who don't play, slivers are kind of a hive mind creature that each one gives its powers to the rest of the group. So um, probably the closest analogy would be like cranium rats, where like they all work together. And the more of them that there are, the more dangerous they get. Slivers are walking bonuses. So if a sliver is a plus one sliver, then everybody has a plus one. Another one shows up. Now it's a, now everybody's a plus two. If one happens to be immune to something, now they're immune to everything else. That would be, yeah, that could potentially go from a level one encounter to a level 20 encounter, depending upon how many slivers there are. Similar to sapperlings and old magic the gathering. Oh yeah. Sapperlings would also be interesting though. I'll, I'll say, I think sapperlings are pretty well covered. Um, when when you have like blights and animated plants and things like that, you can kind of I think um yeah, one of the the things that we have in here is um the absolutely not Avenger of Zendikar. Uh, because obviously it's not an Avenger of Zendikar because it can't be the right. Avenger of Zendikar. Um, but the the Avenger of the Wilds, uh, which uh makes a whole bunch of um uh i believe it's animated shrubs and then makes them huge right um very uh actually i think on that part it's not they're not that's that one big bush yeah you know I had out of control that. bushes yes it's all over the place it's nothing but shrubbery shrubbery he is his own green deck knee <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um so yeah, slivers would be really cool. Uh like I said, I think the atogs and lurgoifs would be interesting just as like a design space. And then the slivers, obviously you would need a lot of different options and seeing how all of that would work would be kind of interesting to witness. I think you could probably set it up like a like an elemental entry, right? There's different sizes of elementals and each one of them do different things. So, mm -hmm. um, or, or, uh, like some of the source books that have had a lot of like variants on, um, yeah. mm -hmm. I think there were some of those in, in Mordenkainen's and Volos where you had like, this is, um, like the, uh, the clockwork creatures, right? This is the clockwork creature. This is a bonus and this is a malfunction. And basically they just have to give the bonuses across the whole. You know, if if one uh of these guys has this bonus, then all of them get this bonus. Yeah. You know? right. That sounds good. But then you'd have to be very balanced. So this was a fairly large undertaking that you wrote with your team. Yeah. And is uh what was your was this like a primary personal interest or is this just filling like a need that wasn't met uh, i'm i'm on a like what was your motivation for making specifically a magic the gathering style supplement? right uh so a bit of both the project has kind of two main origins the first one was that um 
looking at a magic set from two or three years ago, uh, War of the Spark, it had, this was the end of this massive storyline. Uh, in Magic the Gathering, the, the story had spanned six, seven years of Magic the Gathering lore. It was the end of a major arc. And the set had this wonderful cinematic feel. And I looked at it and said, oh, man, that would be really amazing to run a D&D campaign based on War of the Spark. And um, the Ravnica book came out and that was really cool. And then the Theros book came out and but they never really gave you this is how you build a planeswalker. There was like a passing reference to it in one of the plane shift documents where they're like, oh, you can make a planeswalker. And they they didn't really give you much more than just like, they can be a planeswalker. You wanted some more meat to the game. You wanted to be able to do that. I, I wanted to be able to, to have a character be a planeswalker. And especially I wanted to be able to have a character be a planeswalker without it being this kind of obscene bonus. Just... Oh yeah, well you can cast plane shift once a day because you're the planeswalker in the group. Um, I, I, I wanted to avoid the Star Wars uh, RPG trap of if if one person's going to be a Jedi, everyone's got to be a Jedi because why wouldn't you be a Jedi? Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't want to walk around with a laser sword, screwing stuff up and blasting people with force lightning and you know combining their powers to take over? The galaxy. I might have put some thought into this. I, I yeah, haven't we? All? <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. um, so anyway, back back to the point of the whole thing. Um, so, so I wanted to build this War of the Spark kind of campaign, but they didn't really have the material for it. And then um, at Christmas, I was matched in a Secret Santa with Phil, one of my co-authors who has done a whole bunch of material on bringing uh, mana-based spellcasting into D&D. He has uh, two or three supplements already up. Um, we make explicit reference where we're like, hey, if you want a full explanation of how to do mana stuff, buy Phil's product because... Because it's done. Because it's done and it's thorough. Yeah. yeah. We took a look at it. It's There's a lot to it, too. It's very interesting. Yeah, he's got a, a good system. And and I didn't want something where it was like, you have to be running Phil's mana system, the tap on tap burn stuff in order to make this work. But I wanted, I didn't want to have to retread everything that he did. So in May, when they started to do like leaks and previews for the Magic the Gathering set that was going to come out in July, where they're explicitly like now saying, okay, Planeswalkers exist in the Forgotten Realms. Isn't this neat? Um, I basically DM'd him and I was like, hey, Phil, so what are you working on for the new Magic the Gathering set and how can I get involved? And he said, I, I don't think anyone's doing anything. <laughs> so it was like... Rhyme opportunity. Okay, cool. Let's Let's make this happen. <laughs> So we're doing something now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically that that was that was what happened. <laughs> like and and I think the exact wording of my question was something like 
what are you doing and how can I be involved? And if you're not doing something, what are we doing? (laughs) And basically he turned to me and said, uh, I have no time. (laughs) And I said, well, uh, can I get you on board as a consultant? And then he got excited about it and ended up being one of the authors. So (laughs) I think technically he's got an artist credit, but he wrote a a chunk of it and did beautiful maps and art. So tell everybody where Gathering the Realms can be found. So um, you can find Gathering the Realms on DMs Guild along with all of my other content. Um, it's up there. Uh, it, uh, I, I mentioned Phil. Uh, I, I would be remiss if I don't mention the rest of my team. Uh, uh, ben, uh, Reg, uh, uh, Django Games, and... Um, uh, making sure I'm not missing anybody. And then edited by uh, Laura. Uh, great team. They, this whole thing flew together. We wrote ultimately like a page and a half a day average on this thing. So um, really was kind of a crazy sprint project coming together, but we're really happy with it. Um, and like I said, you can find it on DMs Guild, uh, Joe Gaylord on DMs Guild. You can also find uh, me personally on Twitter uh, at Lab Lazarus. Um, I'm also on several discords. Uh, yeah, that, that's all I've got as far as my writing stuff right now. And we'll send out the links as well. Yeah. Yeah. Fabulous. We'll stick them on our site. Now, we would be remiss if we didn't give you a question of the week. Okay. So, Matt, hit us. What do we got? All right. So, you're sucked into a fantasy world, given the immediate ability to choose five class levels. What are they and why? Oh, from anything. Sure. Okay. If we're talking about D&D class levels... I will probably take. Do we know what the fantasy world is? You can take whatever you like. All right. Um, I'll probably take a few levels of rogue. And actually, I'd probably take. Two levels of rogue and three levels of one of the kind of gishy wizard classes, like a blade singer or something like that. Just make sure that I'm I'm safe. I've got a good mix of of skills and spells and combat abilities. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I think a mix of rogue and blade singer would work really well. And I'm trying to remember all of the old world of darkness stuff that I worked with. Cause that was also where my brain went. Um, nice. If alternate to that, uh, I would take some of the, um, the mage dots in, uh, from mage. Uh, and I don't remember all of them, but I believe Time gave you some pretty good stuff and force. Yeah, I think time and force mage. Because fireball. Yeah, basically. Spirit. I I know. Matt, yeah, Matt's spirit. Always the cleric, Matt. And I'm always the blasting wizard. Why is that always happening? (laughs) (laughs) 
Hey, look, man, if I don't like it on this plane, I'll go to another one. Deuces. Fair enough. <laughs> Joe Gaylord is uh, part of Lazarus Game Labs and has written Gathering the Realms for a project with his entire team. Joe, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Love your show. Very happy to, to watch you guys or, or listen to you guys. Uh, you can watch or listen to us. Yes, yes. We can do both now. Did you enjoy this interview? Write to us, info at goblinscorner.com, or you may reach me, eric at goblinscorner.com, or me, matt at goblinscorner.com. We're on all of the things. Let us tell you the things which we are on. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube, and Twitch as Goblin's, Goblin's Corner, Corner and The Goblin's Corner on Instagram. Because we couldn't get that name fast enough. Do you like our show? Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite player, YouTube, or Twitch. Click the five stars, comment, like, subscribe. Do all the YouTube stuff that's necessary. Feed us with your positivity and feed the almighty algorithm to get the show out there so that more people can hear and watch us. That's all the time we have for tonight. Once again, my name is Eric. And I'm Matt. We'll see you next time. Good night. Where the Goblin's Corner is by Matt Staples. And Eric Holden. Show song by the mighty D20. This has been a subterranean production. Coming soon.